0: Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to go ahead and subscribe to our Journey YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you all right there. Now, I hope this episode helps you take your next step in following Jesus. Hey everybody, welcome to Journey at Home. As you can tell, I am back in our brand new facility that is not quite finished, but it's getting really, really close. I'm here with a bunch of the furniture in this room that's going throughout this building. You're gonna hear people working behind me right now. Uh, You'll hear the beep of lifts and other people moving around, but that is all okay because we're really close to opening in February and hang with me because in the next week or two, I'm gonna be announcing the opening date. We are so excited to have you here with us in person if you're here in this area. Until then, it's gonna be a mad sprint for us, which brings up an issue that I bet all of us can relate to. Do you feel tired, too busy? You're running too hard? Can't remember the last time you felt rested? Here's the thing, you can't win when you're exhausted. So as counterintuitive as it may sound, the secret to winning may just be slowing down. Let's talk about it in this week's episode of Journey at Home. So whether you're a highly competitive person or not, there are some areas of life where we can all agree winning really does matter. The problem is most of us have never slowed down long enough to define what winning looks like, and it's impossible to win if you don't know the win. So whether you're a Christian or not, let me ask you a question. If you're in a relationship right now, what is the win for that relationship? How about the win for you financially? I mean, you have money, you think about money, plenty, right? But what's the win for your money? Do you know that? What's it look like for you to win in your marriage, for you to win in your parenting? What's it look like for you to win professionally? If you don't know how to figure that out, and we talked about this in the last episode, you you may want to check that out because if you don't know what the win looks like, do you know what you'll do? You will be just like a runner who crosses the finish line of a race but doesn't know they've actually crossed the line, so you'll just keep running as hard and as long as you can until you eventually pass out from exhaustion. Sound familiar? Well, I want you to win at life this year. I want you to win in all of the areas where winning really matters. And ultimately, I want you to win in your relationship with God, but to win requires preparation. It requires focus, it requires training. So today, I wanna show you one of the fundamental exercises that you're gonna need to practice to win this year. It has to do with the pace at which you're doing life. See, most of us are living at an unsustainable pace. We're exhausted. And when COVID shut down the world for a few weeks, we were forced to slow down and we loved it, didn't we? We loved the rest that we got. We loved the unhurried time with our family. We found this sustainable pace, but then life went back to normal and we went back to running. Even though we swore we weren't going to do that again, well, we've done that again. And it's robbing us emotionally and physically, spiritually and relationally. But we don't think there's any other way to live. And so when you hear somebody like me challenge you to reconsider your pace I know what you do. You push back. But what I want to encourage you to do is not push back, to fight back. Instead of assuming your pace is uncontrollable, what if you fight back? What if you take control? Because you can't win if you're too tired, and you can't win if you're too distracted to finish the race. So about 2,900 years ago, there's this Hebrew leader named Elijah who found himself at a point where he was ready to give up on life. The guy literally wanted to die. Now, you might assume that Elijah had experienced a life of failures, that there had been some big tragedy that led him to this point. That actually wasn't the case at all. Elijah, well, he was one of the most successful and incredible leaders the nation of Israel had ever seen. Matter of fact, Elijah had just had one of the biggest triumphs of his leadership. He'd seen this extraordinary miracle play out. The entire country had watched as God worked through him to challenge and expose the wickedness of King Ahab. So why was Elijah ready to quit life? Well, this is a little embarrassing for Elijah, but the the queen, the queen, King Ahab's wife, she threatened his life, and that's all it took. After facing off against a few hundred men and winning that, well, Elijah gets wiped out by a single criticism. The story is in the historical document we call 1 Kings, and the writer tells us that Elijah was afraid. You know Why? Well, quite simply, because fatigue makes cowards of us all. So, what Elijah does is he goes out in the middle of the wilderness all by himself. He sits down under a bush and then he prays to die. Now, you think you prayed some bad prayers. I want to read you Elijah's prayer, okay? Listen to this. He says, I have had enough, Lord. Have you ever been there? Some of you may be there right now, aren't you? You just had enough. The stress is overwhelming. The work is too much, the kids' schedules are overwhelming, the family drama is overwhelming, pace of life is overwhelming. I mean, in the last episode, you heard me say that you should spend some time defining what a win looks like for you in each area of your life. And some of you thought, are you kidding me, Matt? I don't have enough time to think about any of that because you've had enough. And when you're there, it leads to a dangerous place. It leads to discouragement, disillusionment, and eventually, if you're not careful, it'll lead to depression. You just can't see life clearly anymore. Your circumstances get bigger and bigger, and God gets smaller and smaller. And that's exactly where Elijah was. His prayer starts with, I've had enough, Lord. And then he says to God, imagine this, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. God, would you just kill me? I'm done. Finish me off. Get me out of my misery. Now, how do you think God responded to Elijah? I mean, God had just performed this huge miracle for him. He guided him through an extraordinarily dangerous situation. He helped him win. So what do you think God does next? Do you think God gave Elijah a pep talk? you think he berated him for his lack of faith? Nope. The first thing God does is he encourages Elijah to sleep and to eat. He tells Elijah, take a nap. Sounds kind of fun, doesn't it? Well, that's what Elijah did. He takes a nap, and then God sends an angel with lunch for Elijah. This was like Uber Eats before there were Uber Eats, Okay. And And then Elijah takes another nap, and then God sends an angel with dinner. And then the next day, Elijah takes a walk, and then he eats, and then he sleeps some more. And after Elijah is rested, that's when God speaks to him. You know why? Because you can't hear God when you're exhausted. You can't hear God whisper to you when you're sprinting through life. See, one of the fundamentals to winning at life is actually to rest. But most of us aren't getting enough of it. The National Institute of Health released a study in March of 2021, and it showed the average American gets less than seven hours of sleep per night. That is a sleep deficit of over 365 hours in the course of a year. No wonder you feel the way you do. The thing is, you don't think it's impacting you. You think you're doing just fine, but I'm telling you, everybody around you suffers when you're not rested. There was a study conducted a few years ago where they ask 1,000 kids and teenagers this question. They ask them, okay, if you were granted one wish that would change the way your parents' work affects your life, what would it be? And then, this was a cool thing, they asked the parents to guess what their kids would say. And most parents guessed that their kids would want more time with them. Nope, that's not what they said. Only 10% of the kids wished they had more time with their mom, and only 16% wished they had more time with their dad. The majority of the kids and the teenagers actually wished that their parents would be less tired and stressed. See our unsustainable pace, it impacts everybody around us. You just can't win consistently if you're exhausted physically and emotionally. Which leads us to the question that we've all asked, well how do you slow down? I mean we can't seem to figure it out, can we? I want to tell you who did figure it out. I'll tell you who got it right. I'll tell you who did it well. Jesus. I know you're thinking, well, Jesus got everything right. He doesn't count. Okay, hang on for a minute. When you wake up in the morning, you're going to have this big, long, important list of things to do and places to be, aren't you? I bet most of you are going to have more stuff you want to accomplish than you have the time to do. But Jesus woke up every morning with be the Savior of the world on his to-do list. Now just bring that up because no matter how much responsibility you have or I have, Jesus had a lot more on his plate but he was never in a hurry he changed the world he saved the world and he was never busy why because he knew how to live a sustainable pace how did he do it well one key was he managed his yeses and his noes well. jesus realized that to say yes to one thing was always to say no to something else and so he didn't make decisions based on what people wanted or expected of him he made decisions based on the long view of what God's will was for him, of what God's purpose was for him. He made decisions that would help him win at what was most important, at that purpose he'd been put on this earth for. So there were times when his popularity was so high, people were screaming for him to stay and to teach more, and he'd go, nope, and he would leave to be alone with his disciples because he wanted to win in those relationships. At times when people wanted to see more miracles, he'd walk away. He'd actually go to another town. He'd leave the momentum that he was experiencing in one place because he wanted to win in his purpose of making sure everyone knew they were invited into a relationship with God. And when his friends wanted him to use his power to make himself king, well, Jesus said no. He gave his life on a cross instead because the win was forgiveness offered freely to all of us. Now, I don't know what winning looks like for you in every area of your life, but I know this. You're not gonna win if you're busy, overwhelmed, and exhausted. You can't win long-term if you're running at an unsustainable pace. You and I, we need to follow the example Jesus set for us. You gotta learn to say no to some good things so you can focus on the best things. And when you're clear on what the win is, well, those no's become a lot easier to see. For example, because Jen and I have defined our parenting win Is our kids wanting to be with us and each other when they're old enough they don't have to be? Well, it's made some no's during this season of life pretty obvious. I mean, we limit the activities that we're all involved in because we can't accomplish that win without some unhurried time together as a family at home. So we've chosen not to run from activity to activity all week long and miss that time together. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong if you do that. You may have a very different win than us, but based on our win, well, the no's are pretty obvious. I say no to opportunities that I'm given sometimes so that I can be at home at least four nights a week, have dinner with the family, and hang out with them. Why? Because we're trying to build relationships that will sustain the teenage years, the 20-something years, and I can't do that if I'm not there. See, you, you can't win when you're running on empty all the time. But, and I don't want you to miss this, your life moves to a better place when you live at a sustainable pace. You want to win this year? You need to force yourself to slow down, to say no to some good things, and to focus on what really matters most. That's how you win. Now, one last thought. If you struggle with this, it's actually because you're struggling to trust God. Let me explain. You see, pace really is a spiritual issue. I run at an unsustainable pace because I feel like I'm responsible to make everything happen. I'm responsible to hustle and grind and get where I want at my job. And I'm responsible to give my kids every possible opportunity so they can achieve their dreams and they'll think I'm a good parent. And I'm responsible to say yes to those opportunities because, well, I might miss out on something good if I don't. An unsustainable pace is an indicator that you think life is up to you. Listen, you have a Heavenly Father who loves you. And He has offered you a life that's more abundant than any life you can create on your own. Do you believe Him? Do you trust He'll take care of you? Do you trust He'll guide your kids to a life of purpose and fulfillment and joy? You don't have to try and make it all happen yourself. You can slow down. You can say no to the good and yes to the best because you trust He'll do what He promises He'll do. So, here's what I want you to do. Turn this video off. Do something spiritual. Take a nap. It's fine, just take one now. And then, how about you start saying no to some things so you can win at the best things. Your life will move to a better place when you live at a sustainable pace. You just can't win any other way. And listen, if you're somebody who's trying to figure this out and you're just testing waters, but you've never trusted Jesus enough to give him your life, would you start there today? I mean, would you just choose to trust him enough to follow him? Not just to believe he existed, but to follow him. Would you take a moment now and tell him, okay, Jesus, I'm going to trust you to forgive me. I'm going to trust you to make me part of your family. Here's my life. Because I'm telling you, you can't win at life if you're not following the creator and the author of your life. Your life will move at a better place when you live at a sustainable place. Pace. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church or to find our app or our YouTube channel, just visit JourneyCalway.com. That's JourneyCalway.com. Thanks for listening.